0: The College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep. Helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Alrighty, this episode of The College Planning Edge was an interview Actually, a webinar interview that I did with Dave Kutowski, Coach K, who is a not only a former three-sport athlete at Brown University, but he's also a lacrosse coach and general recruiting expert and entrepreneur. And I talked, um, I asked him a lot of questions about recruiting, including uh, who really gets scholarships, who really gets to play in college, um, what's the biggest mistake that kids make in the process of being recruited? What's the biggest mistake that parents make? What are coaches really looking for? By the way, he talked about not only what they're looking for in their athletes, but also what coaches are looking for in terms of parents of athletes, which I thought was um, partially hilarious, partially sad, and 100% valuable. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the College Planning Edge. And for more information about Dave, Go to um, Team Elevate Academy.me. That's me. Or you can just look them up Dave Kotowski, Team Elevate. Enjoy. Okay. Welcome to tonight's webinar. My name is Andy Lockwood, and we have a special guest tonight because we're going to be talking about sports, recruiting uh, lacrosse and other sports, high school kids who want to play at the next level. With me is a friend of mine and coach, Coach K, Dave Kotowski. How are you doing, Dave?
1: I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
0: I am. Uh, it's always nice to chat with you, and it's even nicer to uh, bring your information to uh, to a wider audience to, to my community. Um, I get so many questions about, you know, playing sports in college and uh, scholarships and who really gets them and what are coaches looking for. So I'm going to be asking you a lot of those questions. Just to clear up the misconceptions. Um, yeah, sure. the legend?
1: I think there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of urban legends, and I think there's also a lot of bad information. I you know, unfortunately, yeah. when it comes to recruiting with sports, not all of the high school guidance counselors are literally prepared to handle student athletes who are being recruited. It's a different process than a regular student.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why the bad information is getting out there. Um, all right, so let's see who's in chat here. So, so make sure you can see and hear us. So, hello, Kristen from Atlanta. Good to see you, Chris, and another Chris, Chris Couch from out east in the Mattituck area. So, please let us know that you can see and hear, and where you're from. That's always uh, that's always interesting for me to, for me to know here. Um, so before we get into I guess the um, the, the questions and the the substance, so
1: sure.
0: uh Dave is the founder of Team Elevate, and I want to hear a little bit about what, what you do but uh, Dave's also a three former three sport athlete at Brown. Um, tell us I guess in your own words like who you are, what do you do and how do you start? Sure. Doing
1: so, you know, you kind of said it. Uh, I've been an athlete my entire life. I, I played three sports at Brown. I played three sports in, in high school. Uh, I didn't intend to play three uh, sports. Um, I got recruited for football and lacrosse. And uh, they asked me freshman year, they had a couple injuries in wrestling. And they asked me if I wanted to wrestle. And I was a good high school wrestler. So I ended up wrestling as well. And uh, it be tough to do now. But um, sports has always been a very important part of my life. And I always say the two things that, you know, really always kept me the most focused were my grades and what I did on the athletic fields. Those are the things that, you know, always kind of separated me. And what I try to do now is both as a coach in high school club lacrosse, and as someone who is a recruiting coordinator for a lot of kids throughout the country and helping them get into college, you know, my goal is to give them my 30 plus years of experience and give them a game plan and a method for them to attack the college recruiting process. And that's what we do. We, you know, our goal is to empower young student athletes to be the best that they can be in everything that they do so that they go on and don't just make a four year decision, but make a 40 year decision for college.
0: Yeah, that's so congruent with everything that we we try to do it. Lockwood College Prep, which is you know one of the many reasons I think uh, we hit it off. So, all right. So um, I have a bunch of questions to ask, and uh, anyone who's just joining us, I'm Andy Lockwood, Lockwood College Prep, and with me is uh, Coach K, Dave Kutowski, Team Elevate Academy. He's a coach and he's a recruiting expert, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about the whole recruiting process for high school kids who want to play at the next level. So uh, that's my first question, I guess, is who who actually gets recruited, who can get recruited, and then how does it work?
1: Well, I think you know when you're when you're looking at you know sports in general. You know one of the things that is the biggest misconception right off the bat is my kid is going to get recruited and they're going to get a scholarship. And you know it's because I run a girls you know high, uh, girls high school team and I also run a girls travel lacrosse program. You know I, I relate so much to what's going on in girls lacrosse, but we help a lot of kids in other sports as well. But, you know, when you look at girls lacrosse, just on Long Island, you know, as it, where I'm located, you know, we probably have, you know, close to uh, 100 different high schools that all play varsity lacrosse. So you take 100 kids, and if you take each team, and each team has, you know, 24, 25 kids in it, so now you're talking about 2,500 kids that are playing. Well, how many spots are there? Well, there's only, you know, there's about 115 Division One teams that are offering scholarships. Division three does not offer scholarships. Division two does offer scholarships. So just at the Division one level alone, when you look at it, you know you're competing with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of high school programs. Forget about the individuals in those programs, but you're competing against hundreds of high school programs that are all trying to get their kids into school. So the first thing is when we really look at it, you know on average, you know probably three to five percent of high school lacrosse players will end up playing in college so that's just who's playing college forget about who's getting a scholarship so that's one of the first things is if you want to play in college you have to make sure that you're you're working hard in the classroom and on the field and the better your grades the better the opportunities are going to be and versus how many schools would look to recruit you It's completely dedicated based on what do your grades look like the higher your grades All right,
0: so, no more. Oh, okay. yeah so sorry i want to i want to get to that uh that also that i think that's equally important but i just want to go over some of the numbers now too so so approximately three to five percent of um of girl uh lacrosse players go on to play um in college is that similar for other sports do you know, you know very very yeah, similar for other childhood. sports
1: you know some of the higher sports about six percent for basketball um it, it's a little bit higher there's more scholarship spots um, in basketball, you, you don't have as many roster spots as well. And, um, you know, basketball and football are the two sports where it's mandatory full scholarships when you're giving out scholarships. You know, but in girls and boys across, you, know, you look at it in, in boys across, there's 12.6 scholarships, and in girls across, there's 12 scholarships. Now, you're talking about 12 scholarships divided amongst an entire team. And, you know, back in... You know, 10 years ago, we would say that's, you know, 12 scholarships divided by four, four classes of kids because you have freshmen, sophomores, juniors and seniors. Now, in some cases, you're dealing with five classes of kids because you're dealing with redshirt freshmen, redshirt seniors. You're dealing with the covid kids where they you know these kids get an extra year. So in some cases, you might be competing for six classes of kids competing for those 12 scholarships. So, how much money is there really there to give out?
0: Well, how, how many athletes are on a given lacrosse team? Like thirty or in something?
1: in girls in girls lacrosse. You know, an average team is going to have about thirty to thirty three. Um, some rosters are a little bit bigger. When you the bigger schools might carry close to forty kids, and then in boys lacrosse, you're you're talking about rosters of fifty kids. So, so a, 50 fully kids, program, yeah. a fully right. funded so program.
0: A fully funded program,
1: right? Twelve point six, 12 or whatever, they
0: may not be. They may not be fully funded. These a lot of these schools too, right?
1: Exactly. So fully funded, just so everyone understands, that means they they if they're fully funded, then they're offering the full scholarships. Twelve scholarships in girls across. Twelve point six scholarships in boys across. Um, but you know, it's it's eighty five scholarships in football, and that's why in football you see such bigger rosters. You know, you're talking about you know schools like Oklahoma, Florida, North Carolina. They're carrying 125 kids on a roster, and 85 of those kids are full scholarship kids.
0: Right. So that's a big, big misconception I hear a lot. I'm sure you hear it all the time. You know, oh, my kid's got a full ride to uh, to Brown, uh, to row, or to play lacrosse or something. So, number one, the full rides are really uh, few and far between. Number two. Ivy leagues, right? They don't. They don't give Ivy scholarships. Leagues don't
1: offer, uh, Ivy leagues do not offer athletic scholarships. But you know, like you use Brown as an example, and I went to Brown, and uh, I was a full academic scholarship. Um, I, I got an academic scholarship to go to Brown, but there was no athletic money whatsoever.
0: Yep, and they can find the money. I think if they want a kid, you know, enough, and they the, the qualifications are there, but there's no full rides you know i hear this all the time i'm sure you do too in, in okay. my years um, in my
1: years of coaching andy in all my years of coaching i've only had a handful of kids a handful five that have been offered 100 percent full athletic rides five in, in all of my years coaching that that doesn't mean our okay. kids haven't gotten some big scholarship offers we have kids that are you know getting close to close to uh 100% scholarship offers but they've grown into those scholarship offers as as they've become you know really important players on their teams they might have started off as a 20% scholarship offer but by the time they're a senior that scholarship is now close to 80
0: 90% of tuition usually right not not including room and board or is that also covered
1: room and board is covered under the scholarships got it. okay
0: all right, so now, let, now let's switch over to um, what you were talking about before when I, when I rudely cut you off, which is what, what are coaches actually looking for? Is it is it only skill, or is there more to it?
1: No, there's a lot more that goes into it, you know, and especially, you know, when you look at it, you know, what coaches are looking for is they're looking for the right student-athlete that fits their program. So they want to make sure, number one, you're going to fit in with the team. You know, how are you – are you a team player? Are you – just all about yourself. So when they're out there on the recruiting trail and they're watching these kids in their various sports, they're watching what type of team player is this Is this person. Do they get the basketball and just go to the hoop every time or are they looking to dish it and pass it off to their teammates and involve everyone else? Do they make the players around them a better player or is it just about them? So they do look at athleticism. They're looking at speed they're looking at your footwork it's not just about goals and assists either um no matter what the sport is it doesn't matter if it's basketball or football they're not just looking at you know one specific thing they're looking at the entire package and then what's really important is the most competitive schools out there they're hard to get into so you know we always look at almost schools by conference um, when it comes to different sports, but you know, when you look at the Ivy league, the Ivy league is at the tops. That's one of this, you know, the, the leagues that so many people want their kids to be able to have access to, but Ivy leagues, number one, they don't offer any sort of athletic scholarship. So, and they don't offer academic scholarships anymore. It's all financial need. And that's one of the things where, you know, you're an expert on that. And you know, that, um, it's all need based. So no longer can you win a scholarship. Um, but I would—I probably would have been a full financial aid kid uh, back in the day, but I ended up getting a scholarship uh, to Brown because of that. But a lot of that has changed. And then the next, you know, looking at leagues per se, is we always look at the Patriot League because the Patriot League and the Ivy League are the only two leagues in the country that use what's called the academic index. That means you have to you have to have a certain grade point average and a certain ACT, SAT score that is similar to the incoming freshman class. And if it's not, not going to be recruited. So they're looking at that entire class that comes in. Then you look at independent schools or, or, you know, schools that are high academic that are also, you know, big programs. You know, University of North Carolina, as an example. It's really hard to get into University of North Carolina if you're out of state. So, you know, I, I know kids that have gotten into Ivy league schools and didn't get into university of North Carolina. Then you have, you know, the Northwest of the world, the Stanford's USC, all really high academic schools, but you need a combination of being a really good athlete and you have to have the grades.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about that because, um, you've told me some stories in the past, um, that really revolve around the kid's character. So, um, not not only on the field but also off the field. So on the field, I've heard stories from other coaches about um, when they're recruiting kids. How they watch them and their behavior. Are they arguing calls? You know, are they bitching at the at the ump or the or the refs? The ref, are sure. they throwing their helmet around? Are they arguing, and that are they arguing with
1: their coach? Are they giving Are they giving the hands up all the time? It wasn't me. You know, I always say that. As soon as I see the hands up, you know they did something wrong. Um, it wasn't me. <laughs> Um, you know, are they slamming their stick because they, they didn't make a play or whatever it be. All those things get taken into it. And it's also, you know, um, they, they look at what is your interaction with the parents? Um, is the parent crazy on the sidelines? I know some very high level college coaches where they don't wear their school colors. Um, other coaches do. So you'll, you'll see a coach and go, oh, that's obviously the coach from Boston college they're wearing all Boston College gear. Other coaches might not wear anything and sit on the sidelines because they want to see who are the crazy parents. Who what parent is screaming their head off and when they find out what kid's number it is, a line goes right through that kid and they get crossed off the field. Is there a bad interactions between the parent and the kid. You know, it's the end of a tournament and you know right afterwards the parent gets in the kid's face and say you should have done this, you should have done that. They look at that stuff. They see everything. Um, and then the other side of it is they see a lot of it, too, from social media. What are you posting on social yep. media? And I, I'm sure we'll get into that and, and some questions on that as well.
0: Yeah. So you told me um, a great story a couple of years ago um, about a kid who was going down on a recruiting trip and posted something like, I can't wait to get all banged up with, you know, you know talking about all the drinking they were going to do. And the, and the coach saw that. You remember that story? At a Patriot
1: League school, coach saw it. And then questioned the player about it on their social media and said, "What did you? What were you expecting out of your recruiting trip here? And do you have a drinking problem?"
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I ever told you you this, but I have a, um, a client of mine, re- really good friend of mine, but she, she's out in San Diego and she's like a um, marketing product person. She puts products together, and she did um, a product for John Wooden's family, you know, the UCLA Wizard sure. of Westwood, you know that.
1: Absolutely, so, um, the John Wooden and, and Pyramid of Success.
0: Yeah. So, so, so that family basically hired her to, to you know, put his, all this knowledge together into a product. So it's out there for sale. And she was telling me uh, about a year ago that, um, you know, part of what she did for her research and to create the product was, was they pulled, you know, 130 division one and other coaches to find, to ask what are the number one things that you look for when you're recruiting. And she said, like the top twelve to fifteen had nothing to do with skill or athleticism. It was all about this character stuff, you know, maturity, perseverance, overcoming obstacles, you know, being a good teammate, etc., etc., etc. So I always remember that. That
1: yeah, we uh, did a so poll. Striking. We did a poll as well of college coaches asking them what they were looking for, and and exactly what you just said. It's it's those other things. Uh, are you a self starter? Um, are you someone that, you know, is going to, is going to work hard on your own? They look for things like that. They want to hear from your high school coach, from your club coach, what type of player are they? Um, like I, I, have a kid right now who's a 2023 who this kid is one of the hardest working kids off the field and it's all documented because we track it. So if a coach asks me, what kind of kid is this? I'll say, you want to see what they do off the field? Here it is. Cause we track it. And we track how hard they work, and those things go into it because that's what a coach wants. They want someone who's going to be a blessing to their team, who's going to fit in, um, who's going to make the players around. That's what they're looking for. And, it, and if you and if you're a, a beast, if you're a beast on the field and have great grades, you make that so much easier for the for the coaches to recruit you.
0: Yeah, well, I imagine they don't want to waste, you know, a year and a half of recruiting to have a kid flunk out once they get to college, right?
1: Yeah. And, and, <sighs> and you know, do you, do, you, do you have the grades? Um, you know, do they really want to be there? You know, th- those are the things, too, uh, I think are just super important.
0: Good. Um, all right, so I see some questions coming in. If you're just joining us, uh, I'm Andy Lockwood with Lockwood College Prep, interviewing our expert here on recruiting, Coach K, Dave Gutowski of Team Elevate Academy. Um, what what would you say – I'll put you on the spot here. What would you say is either the biggest or one of the biggest mistakes that um, athletes and or parents commit in the recruiting process?
1: I think it's really a combination of two things. One is the thought that someone's going to find me, and I'm going to get recruited, and that if, if even just because I'm the stud athlete – I'm gonna get recruited and someone's gonna find me. And I think the second mistake is not having an overall recruiting game plan. Um, and 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 those are the two things. I mean, I'll give you a real world example. My oldest daughter, Victoria, who was an all American lacrosse player and played one lacrosse, she was also a tremendous field hockey player. And she was the first person in her uh, high school to make first team all state in field hockey. She made first-team All-Long Island in field hockey as well. Some say it might even be harder to make first-team All-Long Island than it is All-State, but she made both. both. So she's a tremendous field hockey player. The amount of coaches that reached out to her because she was such a great field hockey player was a whopping zero. Not one coach reached out to her because she wasn't actually going after coaches. She wasn't letting them know that, I want to play field hockey in college because she wanted to play lacrosse. But even with – being a great field hockey, you know, player, someone might say, hey, that kid's not committed. And, you know, where did I where do I find that kid? That doesn't happen. It's it it can happen. It's really, really rare that it does happen, though.
0: Um. So, so, yeah, I just I just picture, you know, all these coaches going to these showcases and there's like, you know, uh, 1500 helmets you know run, bumping into each other running around like I, I, you know I don't know how they know I mean, I, I'm sure they have some idea but it must be very hard for them to know exactly who to focus on so ha- how do you advise um, st- student athletes if if you it's given this advice to market themselves you know to to reach out
1: well one of the things we always say is how do you differentiate yourself that you know that's what yeah. you need to do you need to differentiate yourself in- in this process. So, I mean, one of the things too is you know we like to use the term that recruiting is sport, and sure. you have to make the contact. So, a great thing is uh, I'll give you a real world example. You are getting ready to play in a tournament. So, I actually have one of my kids who plays across from me. She's also a big time basketball player. She's playing in a tournament, and I think on May twenty second, a basketball tournament. Well, what she needs to do before that tournament is she needs to send emails out to all of the coaches that she knows will be attending that tournament. And she also needs to just send emails out to the other coaches that of the schools that she's interested in, letting you know that she's playing in that tournament. Now, with game film being easily sent, you just want to let these coaches know. So what ends up happening is if you're on a team of doesn't matter whether it's football, lacrosse, or baseball, but if you and your teammates are all messaging and emailing college coaches about I'm playing in this tournament against this team at this time on this field and I'll be wearing number 42, well, they mark it off in their calendar and they say, okay, I'm going to go watch – the first 15 minutes of this game on field number four because there are four kids from the same team who have all emailed us. So it will give me a chance to see four kids, not just one kid. So the more kids that are involved in your team, there's a good chance that the more college coaches are going to come see that team play.
0: So I think that's terrific. Uh, And I think the other thing that's even, I guess, more – bigger picture, like more, more valuable about that is you're really teaching them life skills. I mean, they, you know learning how to advocate for yourself and do all these things to maybe step out of your comfort zone because a lot of kids aren't, I'm sure are not comfortable doing what uh, you just recommended. You know the way you said that this is really not about getting them to play in college It's about the four years afterward. I think that's uh, that's a great skill. People learn how to advocate for themselves do the best.
1: One of the things that we do and and how I also differentiate myself is we we build for each student athlete a recruiting team. So we build a team for each kid. And that team is made up of a lot of different people. The parents are involved. They're on the team. The kid is on the team. But make no no doubt about it, that student athlete, they are the centerpiece of the team. This is their recruiting process. It's not their parents' recruiting process. So college coaches know when they get an email from a 15-, 16-, or 17-year-old kid versus an email from a parent, how it's written. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Andy, I think I told you the story, you know, years ago, um, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the craziest stories is we had a kid that was being recruited by a college coach. I was on the phone with the coach, speak to him about the offer. They were going to make the offer to the kid that day and said, I just need to make it, you know, I want to call them. And so called the cell phone, the kid, didn't answer the cell phone. The mom answered the cell phone and made believe she was the kid. And then the, the coach realized they were not talking to the kid and they were talking to the parent. They called me back and just said, I'm just letting you know we're pulling the offer because if this kid is so afraid to get on a phone call with me and, and not speak to me, how am I gonna be able to coach them? That actually happened um, and, and, it, and it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sad and crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, so a lot of questions coming in here, not only about lacrosse. So if, uh, if you guys are watching and you have some questions that, that came to mind from anything Dave was saying or just anything about recruiting, pop them in here. Uh, we have another few minutes left that Dave has graciously offered to spend. So here we go. Um, Robert has a question about baseball, baseball recruiting. Do, do you, uh, it's just an open-ended question about b- baseball recruiting in general, do you have any specific stuff to offer, or general?
1: I think baseball is one of the you know it, it's kind of a unique sport because it's very stat-driven. So you know, um, it's it's not like you know high school lacrosse. You know you you know how many you know how m- many strikeouts you have in baseball, you know what your batting average is in baseball. You know what your fielding percentage is in baseball. It's a lot different because it's so stat-driven. Like some other stats where it's more individualistic, like a swimming or a track, well, that's driven by your times. You know, what your time is going to help you get recruited. But in baseball, you know, in other sports, you know, they're going to need to see, are you a pitcher? You know, uh, how fast is your fastball? You know, what, what do you throw your change up at? All those things, it's a lot of stats that are driven behind it. So, you know, each sport is unique into that. Um, but, you know, we, we really focus on the whole recruiting process and not so much the individual sport. It's having a process to how to get recruited. When do you send emails? How many emails do you send? How are you actually getting those emails out to college coaches? What does your profile look like? What does your highlight tape look like? How do you make a highlight tape? All those things go into the process.
0: Great. okay, And that's for any sport,
1: right? <clears throat> any sport doesn't matter.
0: Good. All right. Next question someone from asked, Tracy someone asked, rec-
1: someone asked one question here. does does playing a sport help you get into college? A recruited athlete in the Ivy League is four times more likely to get into the college choice than a than the same student with the same exact grades four times more right. likely to get into the college of their choice because you're a student yeah. athlete.
0: Yep. Big, big, uh, big help for legacies and recruited athletes. Those are the two big ones. All right. So don't don't jump the gun on me though. I got I wanna get I do everyone in. All right. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh what about gap years for uh kids who are red shirted from from COVID? Do you recommend gap years or thirteenth years for kids?
1: It, it depends on how the recruiting process is going for you. You know, if the recruiting process is going slow for you, a gap year might be the right thing to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've seen it in numerous different ways. I've seen it where in Maryland, the big thing to do is hold kids back a year. So they're actually a year older. So we see that a lot in Maryland um, where kids are a full year older than the kids who are in the same grade as them. We see the prep schools where where kids will graduate high school and then go do a prep school year um, or go even to like an IMG Academy where I've helped send kids down to IMG Academy where they're just not ready. They need another year, another year of maturity, another year of playing to help them get recruited. So gap years do make a lot of sense uh, for, for the right person, but it depends on your own recruiting process. I wouldn't make a statement that says – Everyone should do a gap year. It really is. It's up to you.
0: Great. All right. Uh, Janine, if you reach out to a coach via email and don't hear back, uh, I guess her her son tried during the fall and a few times, um, do all coaches respond?
1: Not all coaches respond. So if, when you think about it, these college coaches are getting hundreds of emails a day. Um, And the other thing from the standpoint of a coach responding back to you, it also depends on what grade you're in. Uh, because can't respond back to you until September 1st of your junior year. So each school, if you go on to the, the uh, NCAA, if you just Google NCAA recruiting calendar, they'll you'll find the recruiting calendar for your specific sport. Because each sport is different, but as an example for lacrosse, it's September 1st of your junior year. So they're not even allowed to email you back. The only email they can send back is a generic email that says, thank you for your email. Our camp dates are this. If you are this age, if you're this, fill out our questionnaire and stuff like that. That might be the only email you get back because of how old you are and where you are in the recruiting calendar. Um, if you're old enough, yes, they can email you back. They can text you back. They can call you back.
0: All right. So that just brought up another question uh, that I want to ask you, which is about camps. So there's the different types of camps and showcases and all that. So there's the the ones that the schools put on and there's the the other ones. Like how do you pick and choose which ones are the right ones to attend?
1: The earlier you are in the process, I always recommend going to camps where there are multiple college coaches. So like we actually run our own prospect camp where we have, in this case, this year, we have 13 different college coaches Coming, So we have Cornell, Brown, um, Columbia, Towson, um, and we have all these different schools that are coming to it. So you're able to showcase your skills in front of a lot of different coaches. And it depends what it is. If it's, is it just a showcase? where you're just playing games, what we do that's a little differently is we want them to go through in the morning session, they do drills that are set up by the college coaches. So the college coaches get to see the kids do something repetitively again and again and again. So if it's a shooting drill, they get to see this kid shoot the ball 25, 30 times rather than seeing them shoot the ball two or three times in a game. And they can get a better sense of that kid. So earlier in the recruiting process, I would go to those camps and showcases that have a plethora of schools represented. And then as you're getting closer to the process and let's say you narrow it down to six schools, you should be going to camps at those campuses where they, they can, those college coaches can work with you on a one-on-one basis, get to meet you. You get to feel, have a feel for the campus and you get to have a true feel for the coaches.
0: All right, great. That's great advice because I get those questions all the time too. Sure. Um, all right, before I get to the rest of these questions, I want to put in the chat here a link to the special guide that um, you have written, the recruiting guide. So can you tell us a little bit about that offer that you have for everyone and how people can get in touch with you and then I'll get back to some more questions.
1: Yeah, sure. So so the guide, it's, it's a free recruiting guide. So we created this, um, we created this to help student athletes throughout the country. The guide's about 70 pages and it's literally a step-by-step program for you to go through the recruiting process. Inside at the at the end of each chapter is homework that you need to do and get done before you can go on to the next chapter. So in there are specific links. This is a free recruiting guide. There's no cost. We don't charge anyone. It's set up as an ebook to receive it. So if you just click on that link, the elevate um, and that it'll go right to it. And then you download that free college recruiting guide just by putting your email in there.
0: Uh, so I imagine that, uh, I mean, I've actually, you, you sent this to me uh, about six months ago and it was, it was terrific. Um, I, I imagine that a lot of people are going to look at it and be like, wow, this is a lot of stuff for me to do. I don't have the time. Um, how do I get you to help me do this? So are, do you, I know at one point you were helping kids through the recruiting process. Is that something? Yeah, you're we still do it.
1: Doing? So we have a, we have a VIP, we have a VIP program where they can work with me on a, uh, almost a one-on-one basis and small group settings where I actually will go through the entire recruiting process with them over what we call a 10-week season. So each, each of those student-athletes will get me for 10 straight weeks.
0: All right, terrific. And, that, and so people get in touch with you just by downloading the ebook. book Is there another way people can yeah, they, ask about they, that?
1: Yeah, download the ebook, and my contact information is right on the website as well.
0: All right, great. Okay, back to the questions. Uh, We've got a few more minutes here before we wrap up. A lot coming in here. Um, All right. Got a question about test optional schools, comparing SAT and ACT scores in uh, the admission class. Yeah. Talk about that in terms of student athletes. All
1: right. So so one of the things that we do is we encourage all of our student-athletes to start the testing process as early as possible. So we want ninth graders to start taking the PSAT and SATs and start prepping for that stuff early. Um, we, I just had one of my 10th graders uh, just scored a 35 on the ACTs. That wow. score is going to separate her from the rest of the competition alone, and she scored that yeah. on her first try you know, and taking the ACTs, which is just phenomenal. So even if it's test optional where, and that might just be test optional during COVID, you still are going to set yourself apart with those testing scores. So I'm not telling any of our kids, don't take the test. We're doing the opposite. We're telling them, take the test. Now, boys generally score higher on the SATs and girls generally score higher on the ACTs. Um, it's just how the tests are programmed, and that's a it's a little bit of a generality, but usually that is how it works out. Um, but one of the things that we also encourage our kids to do is take those tests multiple times because what the schools will allow you to do is they'll take your power score, and that's how we want the kids to actually take it, where the first time you're going to study for all of the English, the English and writing, and you study for that, and you and you knock that out of the park. Don't even worry about the math and science. And the next time you study just for the math and science and what they're going to do is you're going to take your best scores from each one of those tests and combine them. So that's one of the things that we always do. And we recommend it that you start the process as early as possible. Uh, We have partnered with method test prep, where we created our own program just for ACT and SAT prep program. And it's specifically for student athletes because it's the way the program is set up. It's geared to giving you everything in small doses, just like you would have in practice. You run a drill. You don't run the same drill in practice for 45 minutes. You run that drill for 10, 15 minutes, and you move on to the next drill. That's how we've set up this program as well is it gets them into, the, into that thought process like, I'm going to do 10 minutes on this right now. I'm going to do 15 minutes later on this. And each day, if you can Great. give 10 to 15 minutes per day, you'll, you'll differentiate yourself.
0: Yeah, that's, that's terrific. Um, yeah, I think I introduced you guys right to each other, right? Matt? Tom, he's a former college athlete too, Princeton guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: He he's a great guy. Yeah, one one, one, I think the other one, thing that- One question- uh, I was just like gonna you, say, if I may, right. one of the other things I wanted to say is that um, uh, when it comes to academic money, so, so much of that is predicated on your SAT or ACT score also. So if you're in a situation where you're being recruited, and they don't have quite as much budget for you know athletic scholarship money as Dave was talking about before. There might be some other academic money that's in play, particularly if your scores are high. So that's another reason to not blow off your prep for the SAT and the ACT. And what
1: the beautiful the beautiful thing is, what some schools will do as an example, Fairfield University. Fairfield University is a school that will stack both academic and athletic money together. So they're yeah. able to give a smaller athletic piece of the money but they give a bigger piece of the pie based on your academics and then the wonderful thing about that is god forgive god you know forbid you absolutely blow out your knee your freshman year and you never play again that academic right. money doesn't go away yep. the scholarship money could they could pull your scholarship the next year
0: yeah there's no renew- no such thing as renewable scholarship right Um, all right. We've got time for a couple more questions and we're going to sign off here. Uh, but if anyone is interested in learning more or talk or connecting directly with coach Dave Katowski, there is, I'll post it one more time. There's a link for his free recruiting guide, which is, um, full of valuable information.
1: I'm also going to, I'm going to put in here too, my email.
0: Great. Okay. You do that. You multitask. I'm going to ask you some more questions here before we, uh, before we sign off here, um, okay. So we talked about camps a little bit. Uh, get, got a couple questions about NCSA. Yeah, so, I, saw,
1: I saw that come up a bunch. Um, they, they are a huge recruiting company, and um, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, they don't have the greatest reputation. They're very big in football. Two thirds of their two thirds of their entire recruiting platform is geared to NCA football. The rest of it, the other third, is geared to all of the other sports, and uh, they're a big company. Um, usually, getting a young kid right out of college who is trying to help you with the recruiting process. Um, it's I don't think it's the greatest service out there, and they do charge a lot of money for it. You could do this. You can do this on your own without NCSA.
0: Yeah, I I will echo what you said a 1000%. Because all I hear are complaints. Uh, Obviously, I'm in a, you know, sort of a skewed corner of the universe about that. But um, it's just like test prep, you know, you've got um, NCSA is a big company, and they have a system and they stuff these kids, you know, who are recent college grads or whatever into the system, just the same way that the big test prep companies like Princeton Review and Kaplan, you know, that, that they do. And you're not getting experts. You're not you're not getting the best. You're not getting an opportunity to work with someone like Dave, you know, who is himself a three-sport athlete and he's been in athletics, you know, for a couple of decades. So that that to me is a big difference having the the knowledge and the expertise because you can make a lot of mistakes if you just rely on a, on a system. So. And I think
1: what ends up happening is people think like, okay, I'm going to pay these people a few thousand dollars and it's going to happen, and I'm right. going to get recruited. And yeah. the kids that'd, who I that'd know, that'd know have who have. Could. The kids who I know who have gone through that with them, you know, they might have gotten offers, but I'm going to tell you the offers that they got were schools that I never even heard of. Um, and that's not what you're right. looking for. You're not looking to take a $5,000 scholarship offer uh, just because, uh, you know, because of five grand. You want to pick the best possible school. You want to use your athletics and academics to get you into a school that you might not have gotten into on your own. That's what you're looking to do. And then someone wrote here, Sports Recruits is better than NCSA. They're really completely two different companies. Sports Recruits is, is really is a system to help you. It's not, they are not going after. They're not doing the work for you. NCSA is more of a recruiting platform where they're going to contact, quote, unquote, coaches for you. Um, but like I said, it's, um, if you read the reviews, all you got to do, instead of me bad-mouthing them, read the reviews on Google.
0: Good. All right. I'm going to do the last question here. Um, I guess. I'm sorry. I see a couple people having trouble downloading. Um, so just email. Can they just email you directly? And then they
1: can email me directly, and then and then okay. we can we okay. can show they get the rank.
0: All right. Good. And then, so the final and question.
1: I'm I'm trying I'm trying to see if the uh, if the link to is if you just do the elevate academy and don't do the whole recruiting guide. If you get to the if you get to the front page.
0: All right. Well, look. Let's we'll, we'll work that out. Let me just, let me give last question rights to Trisha Joyce, who is a client of ours, so she gets preferential treatment. Trisha, so you have that going for you. Uh, questions about track. Uh, her daughter could not run track because of COVID. Um, so, do you have any insight on track? I guess it depends on the event, but I think that's another one of these um, uh, sports where a lot of it's based on stats, right? I mean, it's New that time. must be New time.
1: You know, track coaches are going to recruit times. That's a, that's what that's what they're going to do. Um, you know, I I had a I had a lacrosse player who ended up getting a full ride to Villanova to run track, um, and that's because of her mile time. You know, she 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 started running the mile to get in shape for lacrosse, and she started putting up these ridiculous mile times. She ended up getting a full scholarship offer to multiple schools uh, for a track, and she was also a great lacrosse player.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of sports
1: You can still get out there with a track coach and have a certified track coach will certify your times. So hmm. even if you're not out there, if your high school can't run, go find a certified track coach that will certify your times for them.
0: That is great advice, Trisha. I hope you hope you wrote that down. That's a good one. All right, so I'm going to wrap up here. Uh, so if you have any questions for Dave, you know, again, if you can't download the, the uh, report for some reason or any questions about
1: their services dk at team elevate.com. that's in that's it that's my other email i already put in the email yeah. in there for them okay. dk, dk at the elevate academy.may. all
0: right good all right so click on that link and um you know thanks for joining us dave thanks for uh volunteering uh your time here this is very informative i learn something every time we talk so i appreciate it any closing bits of wit and wisdom that you want to share with, uh, with the group.
1: Remember that this is a contact sport. And, um, sometimes also if, if you don't get the link, by the way, check your spam folder. Cause sometimes, um, the way it comes through, it might go to your spam folder, but check the link. Everyone who puts it in, you put in your email, you're going to get the guide. It's automatically sent. It's, it's run through a system. So you're going to get it. But the key thing is read the guide, go through it. And I would go through it as a family. That's what I would do. Go through it as a family and do the exercises at the end of each chapter so that you know that you're actually getting those things done. And if you ever have a question, you have my email, you have no problem. You could always, you could always come back to me.
0: All right. Terrific. Thanks again. Th- thank you, everyone, for joining us and being part of these webinars. I'm going to make this a podcast episode on, uh, on our podcast as well. So uh, hopefully there'll be some, uh, some more people contacting you and getting a copy of that guide. Uh, which is great, which I can't recommend.
1: Thanks for having me, Andy. love what you do. All right.
0: right. Thank you also. And good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the college planning edge podcast for more information about our inner circle group coaching membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass. um, And, get access to our double secret software college guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat juicy merit aid and need-based aid opportunities as well as some other benefits check out the lockwood inner circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code podcast for 50 percent off the first month's membership thanks for listening